Hey, it's Charlie, and I'm joined by my good friends Sean and Sam. We're recording this Sunday night just after the finale of House of the Dragon Season 1. We're going to be recapping the episode and assessing our list of end-of-season awards. There are key components to every TV show that the Emmys and Golden Globes just don't cover, such as the best gaslighter or the character with the worst daddy issues, and we're here to break those down. Thanks for listening. What did you guys think of the episode? It was crazy. That shit was wild. Um... I mean, I feel like, honestly, like thinking back to last week's episode, I think I like that they didn't do a, a twist-driven or surprise episode nine like they did with previous, you know, the Game of Thrones seasons. Um, and I like that this week had a little bit of more anticipation um, with obviously like a crazy ending. Um, that wasn't like the same sort of twist we would see, but it, it held some of that suspense that we had in episodes and really a lot of the early episodes with Damon. Um, I felt, I felt like there was like good moments of suspense. Um, and then especially like in episode six, seven and eight, but yeah, like it was great. Yeah, I thought way, way better than last week's episode. I really think they were able to carry the momentum the whole time. It never really lost lost it in the way it did in episode nine. And I really liked it. I think going on that point before about past episode nines, I think in this season it was really more of like a two-parter finale between episode nine and ten with the two different sides. And I think they pulled it off really well. Yeah, I like that. I think... um the sort of Damon Rhaenyra effect seems to be resonating with fans a bit more and like their their motivations are a bit more clear so I think this one might have uh, just just had a better reaction so far or at least that's how I'm feeling and also just the extremely climactic ending with the first like real like dragon chase scene we've seen in the season and sort of dragon fight and confrontation um, do we want to start there? Yeah um Really, really well done. I actually, I had had known what happened. I was watching the episode with my mom, and like thirty seconds before, she asked if he's gonna get away, and I said yes, and then it <laughs> happened, and it really caught her off guard. Really well done scene. And interestingly, they made Amon kind of like he didn't want to go through with it, which I think is an interesting character thing for me because I think in the books they imply that he just just wanted to kill him. So I really like that change. And I like yeah. the kind of dynamic it showed between the dragon and the rider and like who's in control. Yeah. I, yeah, really like I think it. it's interesting how they're making them like a lot of these characters less ambitious than they come off like I think in the writings. I mean, I haven't read the book, but what everyone has said is like that most of the characters are written as being like more ambitious and aggressive and maybe more bloodthirsty. I think Damon has more of that energy out of everyone, most people in the show. And I would have thought Eamon would too. I thought it was really interesting that they had him kind of scrambling to try and get control of Vagar. Um, and I, I think it, it, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I kind of feel like they're doing that. They're taking away some of this ambition to make the characters uh, oh, like easier people. to root for. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, so that the, cause a lot of like casual viewers don't be like, oh, well, everyone's bad or like everyone just just a bloodthirsty killer, which I would still be interested in that perspective anyway. But um, I, I'll be curious to see how this plays out in the next couple seasons, because 
Um, even with like the Viserys' death and all that, like Damon was immediately like, oh, they killed him. So it could be interesting to see, and obviously we see Rhaenyra's face at the end, like how the sides interpret the you, other's actions. You like that and sort of like the, rushing to accusations and Yeah, exactly. And and that kind of explains with how like the book could be written too. Because like especially if it's like from the perspective of a bunch of maesters, you know, they could write the story. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially no one no one else would have seen uh, this dragon battle. Another thing I wanted your guys' thoughts on, I was unsure because they've uh, they've hinted at this kind of magical connection between dragon and rider. So I wasn't sure if at the end they were implying that the dragons acted on their own or they acted on the kind of emotions and thoughts of their riders. What did you guys think there? I like that. I like that idea that oh, you have to you have to show up as a diplomat, not a fighter. And and in his mind, he's like sort of maybe like realizes he has to fight, but he's sticking to his mother's word and telling the dragon not to. I don't know. It's, a, it's yeah. an interesting perspective. I like the ambiguity too that we don't really know why the dragons would act the way they do, um, and but and we can explain like both reasons, right? Like either they're just like beasts that. And this, this like magical element of them is, you know, just a product of like the grander mythology of dragons that's like perceived by the characters and the viewers or um, just like, yeah, the, or that the magic is real and like, you know, they're doing what you laid out. I have, I have two thoughts on this. One, I just want to say that I, I like what you said about uh, sort of actions being driven by these like quick uh accusations that might be be thought up because i mean in the effort to try and humanize these characters they're forgetting that in the wake of of hearing about a family member's death or a pregnancy or whatever they they're likely to be emotional and i think the human thing to do might actually be what damon's doing and that's like feeling like that anger to like shove auto high tower off a bridge you know and it's it's i i, I think that's really interesting i i hope as this progresses there's they'll sort of start to hold hold back a bit less on that. And my other thing, yeah. I, I have some nitpicks about the dragon chase scene. Okay. Uh, because, okay. See, what I'm thinking is the scene before, Aemond is, like, like asking for this guy's eye. And this is this is our guy that's that's all about, like, oh, I've studied the philosophies, I've studied the blade, like, I'm, I'm here to, like, win this war. And now... On the skies, on dragon back, ready to like take the first killing blow. He's like, "Yo, time for a prank!" Like, I, what's, I what's, and like, he was, he was and, to he's, scare him. and he's surprised. He he's surprised when this goes wrong. Like, I don't. If I'm, I, I'm imagining it as like if I, like if I see you driving around like downtown Toronto and you're in a Mini Cooper and I'm driving a school bus. And I'm like, I want to, I want to play a prank on this guy, and I like bump you a few times. I'm not going to be confused when we're both in the hospital after it's done. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess there'd been there'd been no dragon on dragon action in like a long time, so I don't think he really knew what was going to happen with it. I guess he like subconsciously he like didn't want to kill him, but but he didn't know. I also yeah, thought I think, that the smaller guy should have been faster, but I, I don't know. I thought, yeah, I thought he would have been able to handle those turns better. And they kind of tried to show that with like the, the Millennium Falcon, like <laughs> just like squeezing between the crevice, um, and to avoid the bigger, the bigger uh, 
you know, flying object. But um, one thing I thought was interesting, or I thought would have been more interesting, I guess, is if they showed like uh, Amond having like a fit of emotion before going out of that room, because I think that that's the that's the ex- I think that's like the main explanation for his actions there. I mean, he clearly was not happy like seeing Luceris, you know, they, with their history and all that. And I think it would have been good if after Luceris leaves the room there, I guess the throne room of Storm's End, um, that we see him like in a like in a quick grunt and like storms out of the room himself. A, a really, with, like, really showing angry some emotion. Grunt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think that would have been a little bit better of an explanation. I agree. Like, he's like coming to his emotions. I feel like it needs a transition. Better. Yeah. I agree. I know, it was definitely I like the suspense element in that like we didn't know that I mean, you could you knew like you were gonna see Vagar like in the clouds coming yeah. and it was super suspenseful. But and I don't think seeing like uh Aymond, you know, clearly leaving a room uh, you know, in a in a puff of emotion would have been um really it wouldn't give that away either. So I kinda wish they did that, but nonetheless it was a I feel like the second intense scene. When the second you see Vagar sort of peeking his head up above the walls of the castle when they arrive at Storm's End, holy shit, dude. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> it's like a menacing shot in that that the later in the chase sequence when you see like his sort of shadow appear in the clouds. Wow, I don't know. If I'm if I'm arriving on my like miniature dragon and I see Vagar like just chilling over in the courtyard, I'm I'm leaving. I don't know. Yeah. I'm one hundred percent leaving. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, obviously, rest in peace to Lucerius. I think he handled the chase really poorly. He had the maneuverability. He had the kind of acceleration advantage. I I think he could have gotten away, but I guess now we'll never know. I was thinking he should have stayed in that little, little, uh, the, like, little cavern he found. Because, I mean, if Eamon's not there to kill him, I mean, I, not that he knows that, but I mean, I don't, he, if he can't get down there, then he's safe down there. Like, what is Eamon going to drop down himself yeah. and try to fight the dragon? Bit of a Game of Thrones season seven style <laughs> sent out of the raven, waited a couple hours, and, and someone would have <laughs> been over for sure. Rhaenyra comes and picks him up. I like the discussion about the dragon. It's an interesting thing to think about because it, it seems like the sides are very balanced when you think about it, but the fact that they have 14 dragons, as Damon describes it, is. It's kind of wild, I guess. That yeah, that's crazy. I mean, which for... which was that dragon in like the pit? Oh yeah, under I... Dragonstone. That what was, was that? Was a a Vermithor, so it's it's an untamed dragon that belonged to one of the older Targaryens. So I guess you just like singing him a little song, saying like like someone's coming soon, buddy. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't know. That's that would be sick. Oh my god, if, it, if it's like similar to size and to Vagar, which it kind of is implied, I can't really tell, but. That would be. I, cool. I think Vagar is like uh like the biggest, but it, it was a big. Okay. One. Bad uh bad episode for the Damon lovers. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what the? It was tough. It was tough with him. I mean, like I understood. I felt like I'm rooting for Damon at this point. Um. I mean, I think that he's. I don't know. It's tough. I feel like the show has really led me into rooting for the Blacks. Um. Instead of the greens, um, I feel I don't know. It's hard for me to see at this point. Yeah, it, it's hard for me to see like why there's a reason to root for the greens. I don't know. I think Rhaenyra is very likable. 
Damon has become very likable and is uh, obviously Damon, like an easy. Damon is kind of likable after this episode. Yeah. Uh, I, I I kind of that I enjoyed Damon, but this episode I was a little like, eh, it's all right, dude. <laughs> like, the joking thing was was bad, <laughs> like in terms of just like as a person. Like Damon being a bad guy, which is which we already knew. We yeah, we know that. That's I guess not like, Renera before though. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen it with Renera. I don't think she had seen it either. It seemed like she yeah, was really caught off guard by that. Surprised. She was yeah, very intimidated by that. Um, I guess yeah, like that's well, inexcusable. A bit. Well, obviously it's inexcusable, but I think a big hidden thing is while they're all preparing for war, he seems to have it in his mind that they killed his brother. So he probably feels a lot of guilt about not being there for him, but I don't think anyone else really thought that. It's just kind of him because he thinks very poorly of uh, Otto and the rest of the people there, obviously. So I think yeah. that led to his emotions being like that. I wanted them yeah. to kill Otto on the bridge so badly, man. Oh, I knew I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I was like, just just get him out of here. Like he's, we've already seen this bridge scene. He's survived this once. He can go. He can go this time. <laughs> I the, like the callback. To, yeah, it was, it was like cool. what episode two or it was episode, episode, I don't, it was it was episode, episode two. one was it? Two. 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 Yeah, so I like the callback to that. It was sweet to see that. Just like they pretty much replicated the shot of Damon facing off, and then Rhaenyra coming in, landing in the same spot, except going to the other side. I thought that was really well done. I like Corliss returning, and and him and Rhaenys' dynamic is really interesting to me. I uh, I like that the show is is not making the same mistake Game of Thrones did by the end, and just forgetting that there are other kingdoms out there besides the ones that have main characters in them, and they're involving the Vale, they're involving the North, uh, they're involving the Riverlands. We know we know where the Lannisters stand. Um, excited to see how that all plays out. Do we want to get into the awards? I yeah, I'm ready to do it. Alrighty, so we'll go through this one by one. Um, we'll start off with Tony Soprano Toxic Masculinity Award. Okay, uh, uh, do, think, you, do you want to start us off with your choice, or uh, you can go ahead and give the first candidate if you want. Okay, uh, my candidate, I think a pretty obvious one. I'm going. Damon Targaryen, he he has some issues. I don't think uh, I don't think he'd be comfortable, you know, crying in public for sure. He uh, I think the most apparent one for me was episode two. He got that really nice letter from his brother saying help is on the way, and then he just beat the uh, beat the crap out of the messenger. So uh, I think he definitely has issues with authority. He has issues with people telling him what to do. So. Uh, he is my candidate, very Tony Soprano-esque in that sense. Uh, Sam, yeah, who do you got? I like that. Yeah, you know, I think Damon is an obvious pick. But, you know, to spice it up a bit, I think Otto is deserving for some, uh, some toxic masculinity recognition here. I mean, setting up his uh, teenage daughter. Yeah, uh, basically sells basically, her off. Yeah, sells her off and just sell, selling her womanhood. Uh, just to, for his own ambition, um, and then kind of you know manipulating her over the years. It's pretty, pretty good sign of toxic masculinity. Yeah, as anyone assumes the entire realm won't accept the queen, even though I think we know that that's probably not the truth. But Seems he thinks absolutely. he's the only one. Um, <laughs> Kristen Cole is my my candidate here. 
That's uh, a good one. You guys know I'm not a Kristen Cole guy. I was a Kristen Cole guy. Oh I was a big Kristen Cole guy. Even when he beat that guy's face in, I was like, you know, I kind of, I kind of get it. But then the next episode, uh, he's he fell off for me. I, I have not liked him since. Um, I think, I mean, mainly to me, my one of my callback here is that Harwin Strong scene in the courtyard where he's he's really going at him. You can tell there's that element of jealousy and and spite, um, and a lot of his motivations are derived from this past uh, failed love affair that he had that he he thought he was in control of that he was certainly not ever in control of and because of that he has has been driven by this false code of honor that he lives by and and he's an asshole um yeah i think especially that when he he gets mad at her like nine-year-old kids in that episode oh yeah really really bad look for him Real quick, who is who is the healthiest masculinity on the show of the male characters? Viserys. Yeah, yeah, I think he's definitely yeah. Viserys. Very content with his his toy trains and his books. So yeah, yeah, Love that's that. a good pick. He didn't he didn't marry a twelve year old. He didn't. That's also good. That's big. That for was him. huge. I mean, other people wouldn't be in that time. I mean, other people wouldn't be so gracious. Yeah. Alrighty, next up we've got the Walter White Gaslighter of the Year Award. Okay, do you, do you want to start us off here? Yeah, I got my first pick is, is Otto on this one. I, I think it's p- pretty clear cut for me is that he, I mean, essentially just in every scene with Allison is manipulating her into doing his bidding. And in the scene where she even accuses him of manipulating her is just like, no, no. Just doing it, doing it for your own good. I just want good things for you, honey. And like, I, I don't know. I he's just scum. That's yeah, all I got. That, that, that's a good pick. I I'm gonna throw out one next. I'm going with Larry Strong. Ah. Always a, always <laughs> speaking in in analogies. Also, poor Allison. Also a victim of him. You have, I guess, the beginning of the relationship where he like kills his brother and dad. And like says like oh like this is what you wanted isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's really, a good pick, really out here, and uh, I mean the whole the whole feed thing is, is pretty bad. Just so that's some toxic masculinity shit too. That's that is that is he could have he could have been in both categories, but he he's my pick here. Yeah, Laris is a good pick. I was gonna pick Laris for the same reason with the with the after killing his brother and father, you know, acting like it was her her wish. We can give um, it to Laris. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I like I like that. Yeah, That's I don't. Yeah, could go either way. I was gonna say like maybe a little bit Allison too, but it's hard for me to argue for that. She had her moments. It's like, with with it's like, like from Otto through her though. It's like it's like secondary. Yeah, it's like secondary yeah, kind of. It's like it all starts with Otto. Yeah, but yeah, secondary I think Laris is a great pick. All right. Next up, we've got the Don Draper Award for the most likely to start a fistfight over a dress code violation. Uh, this one maybe needs to spe- uh, specify the criteria for this is someone who does not have their priorities right, acts on, em- on emotion or a false sense of social standard. Um, okay. I, I've got Vaymond Valerian for this. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a good one. What I wonder got, what he did. Can you can you explain? Got got so 
<laughs> got so tilted that he screamed that uh, the sons were bastards and Rhaenyra was a whore right in front of her dad. The, the line delivery was so good there. It was amazing. <laughs> it was, yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, um, I'm giving that one to him. He should have chilled out. He probably would have regretted that later had he had time in a dungeon before getting his, his head sliced off. Can I actually just interject about that slice real quick? I think yeah. they should, like... I think the Blacks should set up some sort of ad campaign. Like, uh, like showing off that they have, like, a Valyrian steel sword by doing some of those, like, as-seen-on-TV, like, knife-cutting commercials. <laughs> you know, where they do just, like, the, like, like we can you slice... This is a normal knife, but this is... This is Dark Sister, and it's just Damon like slicing some the, butter. The issue with that <laughs> is is the Greens also have a Valyrian steel sword. I guess so, and, and they they don't have TVs yeah. either. But yeah, yeah, that, that's that's probably the bigger issue there. But I, I like it. I like the idea behind it. I don't, that's that's all my mind was going to when I saw that cut that cut on on Vayman's head because that that was mighty clean. That was, it was actually a little bit. It was a little bit off. You, he kind of cut at a little bit of the angle. It wasn't a clean head. A little bit of his beard was was on the lower half. But it was it was good. It was pretty good. It was pretty cool. He like you could his tongue. He like went right above the roof of his mouth, so his tongue was still there. Yeah, pretty fitting. Any other uh, any other Don Draper? Sam, what was your pick here? Yeah, this is tough. I was definitely gonna go with Vaymond as well because of that outburst. Um, but. Oh, I'm trying to think of another one, and I'm trying to think of someone who is like in the council or something, who is just like really annoying. Um, I, it's tough because like Vayman is such an obvious. I, thing I mean, me. you, you could go, you could go Vayman as well. There's, there's I think no I might just that. have to say I think okay. I, as as a counter, I'm going uh, Damon Targaryen. He's been seen in these awards already, so he might be might be picking up a few, but. Um, he just seems very violent all all the time. Very <laughs> aggressive. We see him. Obviously, he he actually just cuts off uh, Vaven's head pretty quickly. Pretty quick to action there with the messenger uh, on the bridge with Otto. I think he's just quick <laughs> to violence. I don't know if he would do it over a dress code violation, but uh, but over something for sure. So he's my pick here. I've got one. Yeah. Like sort of dark horse pick for this, and that's that's Lord Beesbury that you you reminded me of when you were talking about the council because I feel like that guy, yeah. <laughs> he's like he's I don't know, and we we saw him act out in that one scene and he died for it. But just imagine the I countless amount of times where he's just like like yo, uh, Tylen Lannister, you didn't like check in with your little ball orb thing, and then started a fight, collapsed <laughs> before uh, before sending the punch, but he would try. Yeah, I'm okay. So are we giving this one to Vayman? I, I think yeah. I think Vayman, obviously. Yeah, I think Vayman is a clear pick here. On the just as a side note, I can very easily see Matt Smith working at Sterling Cooper, so at least Damon Damon has that going for him. <laughs> so yeah, like... <laughs> Alright, next up we've got the Ralph Cifaretto Award for the most in need of yoga. So this is a character that just really just needs to de stress sometime. Like they, they just need to calm down. And just just get in, get on the mat and do some calculated yeah. breathing. Yeah, my pick for this is Allison Hightower. You are Jeez. such an Allison hater. <laughs> okay, I'm not even a hater, dude. I kind of like Allison. I mean, they they made her a little more sympathetic, but 
I think that she is totally the yoga person. Especially just going back from episode six, seven, eight, where she's just like, like, I mean, immediately in episode six, where she's getting pissed at Aegon, like, sleep after she finds it's out he so like, raped mad. one of the handmaids. And then she's just like, from there, she's like further pissed off because of Joffrey's birth and, you know, the, the, the bastards of Rhaenyra. And then that bleeds into episode seven and eight, and then a little bit in the beginning of eight, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, and she's, and she's kind of cooled off in nine and ten, although she's definitely still stressed out. So I think she needs some good old yoga. She might not be like a Ralph Cifaretto killing strippers and so, uh, you know. Alright, that's a good interpretation. Shit, so you're not you're not saying she's like insane and needs to like chill out. You're just saying she's very stressed and could probably like yes. use like a half hour half hour class after work on a on a weeknight. Yes, exactly. I wouldn't equate her with Ralph, but I would okay. definitely say she ne- she needs that yoga more than most. Okay. Sean, what do you got? Okay, for this one I got Amond Targaryen, I think. It's not necessarily that he's stressed. He just needs more balance in his interests. You know, he he obviously he probably goes to the gym, does whatever the uh, Westeros equivalent of you know bench press deadlifts is. He said he studies <laughs> philosophy and history. Still don't know what philosophy he's studying, but I think it will just bring more balance to his life. He just seems he seems like he's doing too much. He's like uh, one of those high school kids that's just taking too many extracurriculars. Like I think. He, he, definitely, <laughs> he definitely needs a hobby, dude. Maybe that's what the problem was. He got on his dragon and he's like, yo, let's play a game. Because he doesn't, like, he doesn't ever, I don't know, he doesn't ever yeah. just sit down with his brother and, like, smack him in chess or anything. So he's got to, it's like, that. Yeah, that's he, when he thinks he it's time to, to have relax. fun. I get, okay. I've got, okay, I've got my pick that I came prepared with. And with Sam's assessment of this, I sort of created another one. But, uh, oh. so my first one is Vagar the dragon. Um, okay. <laughs> for similar reasons with Aemon, I I just I just think he just Vagar is a she actually. Excuse she, me. She, yeah. she Vagar, right? Okay. Vagar, I I I don't know. I think she just seems pretty grumpy. Uh, I I think this last episode was a little telltale sign that maybe she's she's not all right in the head. Um, she got like burnt a little. Boohoo. I don't. I she seemed fine after yeah, that. And like like killed the. The grandson dragon. I don't know if it's a nephew. It's it's something to her, and, yeah. and she just killed him. So because yeah, she's an old lady, though. I mean, she's seen a lot. I mean, old, people, a lot of old people should do yoga. Like like my grandfather does yoga. I think it think it helps him out. <laughs> because now, but the thing is, now we've got like Aemond is going to be accused of being a kinslayer, right? But he didn't yeah, kill anyone. Vagar was the kinslayer. How that's, that's true. true. That's true. She was probably related to Arax, right? So. Uh, probably, yeah. In some I mean, way, probably, yeah. I, I actually, I, I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna get behind Vagarbs. Another scene is um when Amon's taming her. He wakes her up. She kind of like gets up, looks at him. He wakes her up again, and then she just tries to burn him to death. So uh, <laughs> I think definitely does need to de-stress a little bit. So I, I like that pick. My a last bit of dragon yoga. My last one, and yeah, dragon yoga is definitely needed in this world. My last one, and we don't need to count this, but just a quick pitch for Viserys Targaryen probably could have used some yoga. I just think, I mean, it seems like the guy is just... Yes, he had a lot of stress. He, he's very stressed. He seems stiff. Like, he just needs to loosen yeah. up his muscles a little bit, and that Iron Throne might might get a little more comfortable each day. 
But man had a disease eating away at him for like 25 years. It was crazy. He might have lived if he had if he had taken up some courses. Um, Who knows? All right. So we've got Eamon, Vagar, and Alicent. Who do you guys got? I, uh, I, I'm sticking with Allison, but obviously I think I'll I'll, I'll, I'll get behind Vagar to to break the tie here. I think uh, she she can have this award. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Alrighty. Um, so next we've got the Jon Snow Award for the whiniest bastard. And to specify in the criteria for this, they don't actually have to be a bastard, but they get bonus points if they are. Um, so my first pick here, and maybe the obvious choice. Uh, is Jaceris Valerian because oh my god that picture of him <laughs> the picture of him when he's like got his like fists clenched and he's about to punch Aemond and just like the people making fun of that with like like he's got like why I oughta energy <laughs> yeah it looks like scrappy do a little bit <laughs> yeah it's got that like Arthur fist moment and in this episode when he was just like bullying his, his little brother with the sword like training just like i don't know man i don't and he's a bastard so he gets the extra points but yeah you guys can give your pitches okay uh yes. I'll, I'll go ahead here i'm going with what i thought was the obvious pick is a uh, aegon targaryen seems like every scene he is he's he's complaining um any scene with allison she's justifiably mad at him <laughs> and he's like talking back like she's insane the whole throne room thing, he's just he's just complaining basically the whole time. Like doesn't seem to really ever not be complaining. So I'm I'm going with him as my yeah. my whiniest bastard. Yeah, I like that. I'm definitely I was gonna throw my horse behind Aegon the second as well. Um just like he really is echoing Jon Snow at once he's once Amund has a hold of him and he's like, I don't want it. Send me away on the ship. Like, to see any more extent than the I don't want it. She's my queen. <laughs> so I think that Aegon gets it. He's even whinier than Jon Snow, so I think he's earned it. I find Jon Snow so whiny on every rewatch now. Like that dude just maybe he needs the yoga. We can retroactively give Jon Snow the <laughs> yoga award for Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, I just I think with Jaceris, like most of his whining is kind of justified. Whereas like yeah. Aegon it's it's really not yeah, a lot yeah, of the time. Yeah, I, I'm with you, I'm with you. I had to throw him out because he's an actual bastard and, and just the You you just, wanted the bonus points? I wanted him to get the bonus points. Alrighty, so but the Podrick Payne MVP award. Okay, so now just a last reminder, this is for an actor who we think just really gave it their all in the season. Um, this is kind of like the Best Actor Award at the Emmys, but it's not the same at all. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, for me, I think I'm definitely going Patty Considine, Viserys, Vizzy T himself. Um, yeah, I mean, just what an incredible arc that Viserys had through those eight episodes that he was in from the beginning, seeing him uh at this an extremely low point with the death of emma at the beginning of the season and their and their you know hours old child um and then yeah just like what an incredible like run up and through the end and like he and he had said like in that instagram post or whatever how like his final line was improvised 
you know, yeah. like seeing he, Emma, he gave, like, like supposedly. Something. Yeah. Um, he's super into the show. Uh, I listened to like this th- half hour interview he did with, uh, I don't even know. It was like some random video on YouTube, but it was from a couple weeks ago, like before episode eight had aired. Um, and it's just like, wow, he like really loved his role in the show and really cared about Viserys as a character and like put so much thought behind it. So I think it's very much goes to him. If we um if we start making money from this podcast through like t-shirt proceeds or or ad revenue or something, <laughs> I'm gonna spend all of it on tracking down whichever idiot on Reddit came up with the term Vizzy T and we're gonna get him on the podcast for an episode. Vizzy T just so I everyone agree. knows where the budget is for the next year. That's good. Yeah. He he's a great choice because even he said, um, and I can agree with this, having read the books, that he George R. R. Martin said he made a much better Viserys than was in the books, and he like did give so much to a character that has basically no personality at all in uh, in the book. So that's a good pick. I think I'm gonna go with Emma DRC for my pick. I think that. They had a lot to um, live up to going after Millie Alcock, but just uh, an amazing performance. Like their facial imp- expressions throughout the show, especially in this final episode, just the the tenderness she has when she's with her children, and she the way they are with each unique um, character. I think they were they were amazing. So that that would be a, my pick. I think they did a great job as well. I uh, I think I agree with, with you on what you said about having big shoes to fill after Millie Alcock. I mean, that was such a big event, it seemed, for people just falling in love with this young version of Rhaenyra and then having that sort of taken away. But, I mean, they really stepped up and, and did an excellent job in their performance. Um, yeah, and just like a quick side tangent on that, too, is I think that was a really impressive part of the show, having such a big time jump in, like having two totally new actors for the two of the leading roles really uh an incredible feat i think with how successful it was i'm gonna throw in my last pick for this i think we're probably all gonna agree that patty considine has taken this one home but i'm just gonna throw in matt smith just because this guy is playing one of the biggest douchebags in the history of television and People still love him because he is just such a like talented and charismatic on-screen presence, and he is killing it in this role. And every scene, he he just he looks great. He's his little just micro movements that he does. I mean, like in in the the war council scene uh, when they 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 hear that delegates from King's Landing have arrived, and it just his immediately like rush to like go pick up the sword and march down there is I I just every every small choice he makes in this character has been wonderful and somehow so much with just uh expressions and gestures in the show like so many of his best scenes were completely silent yeah for sure and just yeah and i yeah i think he like got better over the episodes too um like in the first episode and even the second episode despite him you know going crazy on the battlefield i wasn't super into damon i was i was kind of like i don't really know what he wants uh, it seems like I wasn't even really intimidated by him, but then I think it's in episode three or maybe even four. Um, but when he walks into the throne room 
like with the crown of the step zones. It's just like so into it's so suspenseful and intimidating thinking like like the with the crown that he fashioned, I guess, from the step stones mm-hmm. or from that that battle. Like uh it was so intimidating and that's when I was really sold on him. And then that's also elevated again when he walks in the wedding in episode five. Um just like and yeah, from uh, and by then, you know, just completely sold on the Damon character. I think for a lot of people too, I mean not really knowing the context provided by the books is that they, I mean, I imagine many readers were thinking that Damon was sort of being set up to be the antagonist of the show to be facing off with Rainier because he was the original heir. And that's, it's, it feels like so long ago because of these time jumps that the events in episode one feel so distant, all of the characters that we've grown accustomed to in such a short amount of time. And even just the last few episodes, those feel like the issues now. And then all these, these early little petty squabbles from the first few episodes just feel like distant memories. And I mean, kudos to the show for, for making this all happen. Um, I think we're giving the award to Patty Considine, right? Yeah. Uh, I think yep. unanimous. All right. Totally. Uh, so I just want to say closing thoughts on this. Um, I, I'm, I'm absolutely going to miss watching house of the dragon every week. I missed watching game of Thrones every week for the few years that it was off even even despite the terrible ending um just such a fun time to be a movie and tv fan just to get to experience this every week and chat with you guys so i'm gonna miss that a lot uh for it seems like it's gonna be over over a year at least till we i mean um, a year and a half yeah, or something I until think they're saying 2024 probably so it's gonna be yeah. a while yeah, I mean, that yeah, seems like far away, but in my mind, it's still March. So, uh, you know, time yeah. time moves quicker <laughs> than I, I seem to think it does. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll, it'll come around I, sooner I'll than we're expecting. <laughs> I will definitely be waiting eagerly. Alrighty. Thanks, guys.